What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, okay. hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Shifting a bit toward Jordan Devlin, who catches him with that roundhouse kick to the back of the neck. Devlin, cover on Birch, isn't it up? Is Birch out? He got it. No! Danny Birch, you can see. Danny Birch busted open. This is the two man power trip of wrestling. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad. And as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, before I introduce today's guest, I just want to formally announce that on April 20th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the two-man power trip of wrestling will be a part of the Icons of Wrestling Collector Convention. This is the third Icons of Wrestling taking place at the infamous 2300 Arena, formerly known as the ECW Arena. And we've rocked the house with a few amazing guests in the past. But this time, I think we even upped our own ante as we are going to be joined by Sean Waltman and get ready for this, Eric Bischoff. That's right. Eric Bischoff and Sean Waltman will be with the two-man power chip of wrestling for meet and greet opportunities on April 20th at the Icons of Wrestling Collector Convention Head on over to Facebook.com and search the Icons of Wrestling for all the information on how you can attend the event. And head on over to our Facebook page and find out how you can reserve your ticket if you are going to be in attendance at the Icons of Wrestling. But if you're not, head on over to our friends over at PassPros.com. And now, with all that being said, John, let's strap in and get ready for an awesome interview conducted with a guy who just competed in WWE's UK Championship Tournament 
as Martin Stone, or as you may know him in the WWE Universe, Danny Burch joins today's program. And for all of you dedicated NXT fans and listeners out there, you know Danny Burch from his time in NXT. You've seen him take on so many guys in NXT over the past few years. But most recently, the WWE UK Championship Tournament, a tournament that really opened up a ton of eyes. Well, Danny Burch was quite possibly put in the biggest controversial moment of that UK tournament and not something that was done uh, on purpose. It was something that I think we can all kind of come to the assumption that there was a pretty big accident that occurred during his match. And if you heard it at the top of the show, the clip that is coming out of the intro music is that of Danny Burch's elimination, one that even surprised the commentators and Michael Cole and Nigel McGuinness. But John's definitely going to touch on that in just a minute. But when you think about Danny Burch, you think about Martin Stone, you think about a guy who has competed all over the world, a guy who's got so much experience. And when he steps in the ring of the WWE, if he gets in an NXT ring or even taking part in the UK Championship Tournament, this is an absolute professional who is going to put on an amazing match and has yet to disappoint when it comes to competing on the grand stage of the WWE or in the NXT Universe, but John, as I welcome you in here, why don't you talk a little bit more about this interview? Kind of a departure as of late when we come off some of these legendary interviews that we've taken part in in the last uh, couple of months. We told you 2017 was going to be big, but now with Martin Stone, aka Danny Birch, we take a somewhat of a little bit of a departure back to the more current guys, and I can't think of anybody who's even more deserving than our other guest, Jay White, but this is a guy in Danny Birch who's got a great story that needs to be told. And John, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about Danny Birch? Yes, Chad. Sometimes here at the two-man power trip of wrestling, we do a little bit of current guys and current talent and these guys you can call quote-unquote future stars of the business where we kind of break away from the legends a little bit and I enjoy both I mean I love obviously interviewing guys like Marty Jannetty and Greg the Hammer Valentine and a couple big time legends we got coming up but I also enjoy the other end of the spectrum these guys that are kind of either you know current star or future star for instance we just did Jay White we got another one big one coming up from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well after Jay White but also, think about guys that are were in NXT or NXT or are currently, you know, working for WB in some capacity or another. And that's where Martin Stone comes in, a.k.a. Danny Burch. Obviously, you've seen him all over NXT for a while. You've seen him in the WB UK Championship Tournament. And that's kind of where we take the beginning of the interview. I mean, obviously, if you know Martin Stone or if you're a fan of Martin Stone, you know his style, you know the type of wrestler he is, and you've probably seen him on the indie scene, whether uh, it was Evolve or many of the other indie leagues that he's worked at. So you should be familiar if you're a real fan with Martin Stone, but you're probably familiar with him more so as Danny Birch because of NXT and because most recently with the UK tournament. Now, the UK tournament was great. I love the production value of it. The fans were probably the best part of the whole thing. They did have some great talent in it, and obviously Danny Birch, one of those guys. And the thing that really sticks out, or excuse me, sticks out to me and stuck out to Nigel McGuinness was the fact that he looked in tremendous shape, and we talked to him about that in the interview. He lost a lot of weight. He basically is at 7% body fat, something like that, and he really, really got himself devoted 
you know, to investing in himself and getting in great shape and getting back to where he wanted to be in the wrestling business. And I love that Nigel kind of calls him out on it and says, man, this guy got in awesome shape. And I give a story of uh, when I've seen him when he was in Evolve, when he ruffled, wrestled Biff Busick, uh, who's now in NXT. But um, he was huge. I mean, he was about, I wouldn't say huge, but he was he was a lot bigger. He was about 250, you know, and he wasn't out of shape, but he didn't look the way he does now. And obviously now he said he's about 195 or 200 pounds, and he's just ripped and chiseled. So that's one of the things that's great that Cole and McGinnis kind of mentioned the tournament. But when he wrestles in the tournament and he's kind of out, of the tournament in that first round it's one of those things where was it really supposed to happen obviously Devlin beats him with that insecurity the blood that was pouring out of the back of his head he opened up a cut it was crazy it was, it was a, a lot of a huge amount of blood so was he really supposed to kick out there and they do do the slow motion they show that he actually does kick out but the ref counted three so it kind of adds to the controversy and like we both said in the interview we both kind of thought that that was a good thing and it almost makes it so he can come back or that he should come back and kind of try to avenge that loss or almost try to um, you know figure out uh, who the real winner is in that match because Devlin really didn't win but obviously there's some controversy was he supposed to kick out was he not supposed to kick out was that really the finish so we do talk about that in the interview and that's a lot of fun I mean we talk from A to Z on the UK tournament we talk about Pete Dunne we talk about Tyler Bate, we talk about Trent Seven, we talk about every guy in the tournament, and, and like I said, that unique and amazing crowd that was in the UK for that. So really, really, I mean, if you're a current WB fan or if you're a fan of the network or you like the UK style and you've seen this tournament, you're definitely going to want to listen up real good to the, uh, you know, the beginning chunk of this interview for a great, great story on the UK championship tournament. Yeah, like you said, that does dominate a good portion of the interview and still fresh in a lot of fans' minds because that UK tournament was so different compared to things that WWE has kind of neglected in the past, and that is really the foreign talent having their own showcase. You know, you might think back to WCW where there was more of a, uh, you know, European flavor and there was more of a mixture in cultures, but now WWE Network being able to kind of focus on that UK wrestling scene, a scene that we had heard Matt Cross talk about on this show as being so vibrant and so really full of such great talent that WWE accentuating that was very cool to see. But also, I defy you to really find as comprehensive a breakdown as we got in this interview uh, anywhere else. And really, even thinking about it or having tried to uh, go back and see, there really has not been that much of an inside breakdown from somebody in the tournament to the extent that we do cover on this show. But, John, quickly, before we get it on over to the interview, why don't you share with us a couple more little things that you think we need to look out for uh, from this interview and when we take away from the uh, the final synopsis with Martin Stone, a.k.a. Danny Birch. What are a few more things that, that kind of stick out to you that we should be uh, concentrating on? Yeah, just one other quick thing I, I really wanted to add, because this is a great interview, and I really feel like this guy is somebody who should probably be signed by the WWE right now. Obviously, Bate is signed, uh, Trent Seven is signed, Pete Dunne is signed, and as we learn in this interview, he is currently not signed. He was signed at one point, obviously, when he was in NXT, but obviously that went by the wayside. We talk about his release in this interview. We talk about a lot of good things, a lot of good details of NXT. We talk about his debut against Bray Wyatt. And a lot of the great talent that he was able to wrestle in NXT, whether it be Tyler Dillinger, Gargano and Champa, you know, James Storm, um, 
working in the Cruiserweight Classic as a, one of the Dark Masters against the Bollywood Boys. So, I mean, we go through a whole gamut of things here, and it's such a great topic because when you're able to t- kind of touch into current wrestling and talk about that UK tournament, which was something totally different, totally unique, to- totally special, and then you're able to talk about WWE and the NXT, I mean, that's a great thing. But I love talking about kind of the the underrated stuff, like his time when he was in TNA for British Boot Camp. Uh, wrestling the indies all over England and what that scene is like then and what the scene is like now because obviously a few years ago it wasn't as popular as it is now I mean it's in a significant big time boom period what it was like wrestling Chris Hero what it was like wrestling a guy like Zack Sabre Jr. or Fit Finley who's obviously a legend in this business or Will Ospreay or the villain Marty Skrull so I mean there's so many great little details in this interview that I really, really enjoy, and he was such a good interview, interviewee, and I really, really enjoyed my time talking to him. I mean, anytime, like I said, anytime you kind of run the gamut and you're able to talk about all these different things, and then you get into kind of his influences of, of a guy like David Taylor or Nigel McGuinness or Fit Finley or Regal or Marty Jones, I love getting into that aspect of well. So, as well. So I think you're really, really going to enjoy this interview and uh, just sit back and relax because this is going to be a fun ride, not only through WB, NXT, the UK tournament, but through the England indie scene as well. And you're going to hear a lot about all those amazing, amazing UK talents. And of course, a guy in my view that should be sitting at the top of that list is one Martin Stone. This almost serves as an educational companion for those trying to educate themselves about that UK wrestling scene. And please keep your eyes on the folks that John mentioned that are under contract to WWE as they kind of start to move into other facets of the company. And obviously we've seen the impact on NXT already with the NXT debut of Tyler Bates. So John, as we wrap it up here, we move forward a lot of big things in the works and a lot of big episodes to come. So please, before we move on, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to Martin Stone, a.k.a. Danny Birch. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ray Mysterio Jr., Jeffrey McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to ProWrestlingKeys.com. Yes, ProWrestlingKeys.com is your superstore. If you are a super fan, and you can please check out our page while you're there, you can check out Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Buff Bagwell, and so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. 
April 22nd, we hit Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Icon Collector's Fest. Then, May 19th and May 20th, we hit the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo in Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017, because you never know where we may land. Without any further ado, a former FWA World Heavyweight Champion, a former Rev Pro World Tag Team Champion, you may know him as Danny Birch in WWE, NXT, and the UK Championship Tournament, but we know him as the Gutner. He is Martin Stone. Please enjoy. champion, a current FIP Heritage Champion, a former Rev Pro World Tag Team Champion, and you may have just seen him on the UK Championship Title Tournament on the WWE Network. He is Danny Birch, a.k.a. Martin Stone, or you can just plain old call him the Governor. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Top man, mate. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Now, of course, you know, I kind of just mentioned it kind of right off the top, just kind of, the, you know, the elephant in the room and, and the big the big story was a couple of weeks ago, the, the you know, the U.K. championship tournament, the WWE kind of launching in the U.K. What were your thoughts on that, you know, epic kind of tournament that they had going on there in the U.K.? Well, you know, I mean, wrestling is it's so exciting at this point in time. Um, never in my wildest dreams when I first started training to be a pro wrestler uh, 13 years ago, um, I'll be in my 14th year, uh, July this year, never would I have ever thought that the WWE would be holding a tournament in England to crown the first ever UK champion. Um, so to be a part of that was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, obviously, it's groundbreaking, and it was just a really, really humble uh thing to get the call to say hey we wanted to be, to be a part of this so um yeah it was absolutely amazing now when you get that call who is the person kind of calling you saying hey you know we're bringing it back in and we're going to launch this huge tournament and it's, you know it's really going to be important it's really going to be special so who made that call to you uh it was the head of talent relations and he basically says we want to get you back in, you know, WWE and we're going to launch this tournament? That's basically how it goes down? Well, I mean, the, the, you know, the call was, it was like, uh, we wanted to be a part of the UK tournament. Um, are you are you available? And uh, yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so <laughs> Now, when, the, you know, you initially heard that they're going to do this tournament, envision kind of what it became or what, when you got there, you're like, wow, this is a, uh, you know, with the top-notch production value and, you know, the WWE flavor, was it what you were expecting? Uh, it was a more. Um, being held in Blackpool uh, is obviously hugely significant. 
um, because that's where uh, Mr. William Regal basically started out um, applying his trade as a pro wrestler. So obviously it had that very unique um, British heritage to it because uh, at one point in time Blackpool was it was a, a, um, a hotbed for British wrestling. Like guys would work on a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night. Um, and then obviously when the season picked up, they'd work every night and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, that was the first time I've been to Blackpool. I mean, I've, I've, you know, you can put a pin on a map of England and Europe and pretty much I've wrestled there. So for me, it was, it was the first time being there. Um, walking in, into the building uh, for, the, for like the first day, um, I just knew it was going to be magic just with the whole vibe of the place, the whole atmosphere of the place. Um, so yeah, it was, it was what I, I expected and more. The most remarkable thing, obviously, you know, you throw in the WWE production value, and that is a great aspect of it, but those crowds, you never kind of know what you're going to get with crowds, but I feel like with the U.K. crowd, you kind of know you're going to get a hot crowd. Were you expecting them to be as crazy as they were? Is that kind of the, the thing with the U.K. crowd? Yeah, I mean, uh, British wrestling is in a boom period at this point in time. Um, you know, everybody is a household name in England, um, in terms, especially in terms of being on the in, independent level. Um, so, you know, I hadn't been in England, obviously. I've, uh, I relocated to Orlando in December of 2014. Um, so I haven't been home properly and, you know, worked the scene regular for, for a long time. You know, I mean, I went back last year uh, for Revolution Pro and I got the chance to step in the ring with Pete Dunne for the first time. Um, but that, I mean, that crowd is, that's a UK crowd. Um, you know, they are passionate, they are vocal, they are loud, they are obnoxious, they are, you know, they are not going to hold back on what they think of you as, as a performer and talent. And, um, you know, just to, for me, the fact that I live in Orlando and I, obviously I live in the States, to be able to go home and get the reception I got and, you know, for the crowd singing and, and you know, uh, was, it, was, it was out as well. UK crowd is definitely special. I think it added to the event. Obviously, with the production value, it was really cool, and the, the actual place that it was at was cool. The venue was great, but the crowd adds to it, and they definitely made it special. When you were asked to do this tournament, and you know, you're kind of coming along here, and obviously it was a big deal, were you kind of hoping that WB would you know, because you were saying, like, the, the resurgence of UK, really. were you hoping that WB was going to kind of catch on to that resurgence? Um, it hadn't really crossed my mind. I'd not really, you know, obviously I'd never really thought that they would, uh, that they would try and run more of a re regular thing in, in, in England. Um, you know, I mean, this is this groundbreaking. You know, they you know, they're, they hosted a, a two-day tournament to crown a new champion. So it's, or not a new champion, like the, the first ever UK champion. So, I mean, it was always one of those things that obviously the, the top guys in the country would at some time be able to try and get to the States, you know? So it's mm. it's not even really a case that they'll, they'll catch on with the scene. Obviously, they're, go, they're going to catch on with the top talent in the country. Um, so, but for them to, you know, to run a two-day tournament there was, you know, it's, it's, it's blinded. You, you, you can't beat it. I feel like with that resurgence, there's so many good guys in the UK, even some untapped guys that weren't in the tournament 
or obviously some guys that couldn't be in the tournament due to contractual obligations elsewhere. But you mentioned Pete Dunn, and I think even more so than Tyler Bate to me. So he was a, a standout. What are your thoughts on Pete Dunn? Like you said, you wrestled him before. You knew how good he was. But what are your thoughts on him and him kind of becoming a star after that tournament? Yeah, I mean, Pete, Pete's great. You know, I mean, he's 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 really young. He's, I think he's, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's about 23, 24. Um, but he's, he's been, you know, he's been to Japan. He, you know, he's plied his, he's plied his trade and, and worked on his craft around the world. Um, I, you know, I had the pleasure of stepping in the ring with him for the first time last year. And um, there's no hype with Pete because obviously no one really, you know, he... British wrestlers aren't hyped up because obviously we don't get the exposure that someone like who is in Ring of Honor would, for instance, um, here in the States. You know, it's, it's catching on now, obviously, with the likes of uh, Progress and Rev Pro um, and places like that. But, um, yeah, look, Pete is, you know, he's so good in the ring. Um, just from everything he does down to his facial expressions, down to the way he is. You know, he's just a he's just a phenomenal talent. But you know, again, I'm gonna go. You know, I could be uh, shooting myself in the foot by saying this, but but being biased, the Brits are the best workers in the world. You know, they always have been from the days in the world of sport. You know, you had guys like obviously Fit Finley, uh, William Regal, Dave Taylor, Marty Jones, uh, Mark Rocco. Um, you know, so many guys came out that you know we can all work, and it's just you know now it's. England is 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 getting the the look it it truly deserves, you know. Definitely, I mean, all those guys you mentioned, the kind of the old school guys are awesome. But now I feel like with like you're saying with the new school guys, definitely starting to get a little bit of of attention back on some talent that isn't just focused primarily in the WWE or so. I mean, there's so much great talent out there, and the UK is obviously a huge hotbed for those up and coming talent. Yeah, with 100%. yourself. Like, with yourself there, obviously, you know, you're in that tournament. There's obviously all the other guys that are kind of the untapped, um, kind of maybe under-the-radar names. But you're going in their first round against Jordan Devlin. What were your thoughts on Jordan Devlin? Have you ever faced him before? Have you ever seen him wrestle before? Uh, first time I've been in the ring with him, but I've known... God, my first met Jordan... Oh, my, first, my first time in Scotland for BCW, so that would have been what? I would say about 2006. I think, yeah, it was about two, two, 2006 to 2007. It was the first time I worked in Scotland. And, um, you know, he's a really likable kid, you know. He works hard, um, you know, and he's con- constantly trying to get better. So I can't argue with that. And obviously with him, you end up losing in the first round. Somewhat of a controversial loss to a lot of people. You got cut open. Yeah, you know, there was an excessive amount of blood there. What you know? What happened there? Did you got cut open? Yeah, I got uh, I got I took a hand to the back of the head and got busted open. Um, I didn't realise. Ref counted. I kicked out. <laughs> you know, you can you can watch that footage back. I kicked out. So I, I guess it was you know. I mean, the way the match was, I'm, I'm technically the ref counted three, so that 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 was the end of the match. But realistically, it got stopped. Um, so me and Devlin are we are owed, owed a rematch somewhere, hundred percent. Now I don't know if you want to kind of get into, it, but what was like was that the initial finish? Obviously, what not with the, the being cut open, but 
were you, you know, were you supposed to, quote unquote, were you booked to lose that match, or were you really going to, you know, win and go on and move on to the next round? I'm not going to disclose that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I kind of didn't think so, but I thought, eh, maybe I'll throw it out there and try it and try it. Um, but w- with that cut, was there, um, you know, staples involved or stitches? Or yeah, I had nine, nine staples in the back of my head. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea I was busted open. It wasn't until I sat up and I was like, felt the back of my head. I was like, wonder what was trickling. And then I was obviously, you look at the footage, I look at my hand, I'm like, oh wow, okay, I'm busted wide open. So, end of the day, it's not what what we do isn't dance. You know, we're not dancing. So it's it's, it's one of those things that you it, it comes with the job every every now and then. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when that happened, like you said, you kind of didn't know you were cut open. Do you feel it afterwards? Was there a lot of pain? Or was it one of those things you were like, man, I, I, I didn't even know, you know, I had no, no clue no, I was even bleeding. I mean, I, I, I boxed from a really early age. So I'm, you know, used to taking a knock and, you know, I get split and, you know, everything like that. So it was it was just, I, I just had, you know, I had no idea. It wasn't until obviously that uh, the rest and the, uh, Doctors brought attention to it, and I was like, "Oh, all right." But yeah, there, there, there was no pain. Um, the nightmare to sleep on, because obviously I would roll, and every night, and you know, as soon as I would lay on the table, I'd, oh, it would wake me up. But uh, yeah, apart from that, you know, there was there was no no real bad damage, sort of thing. And how are you feeling today? Oh, for fun. What was kind of cool about that, in a way, obviously, you know, you don't see a lot of blood anymore in wrestling. Obviously, the ref puts on the gloves, and they kind of, you know, do what they will, and sometimes they stop the match. Sometimes they, like, it kind of depends on the situation and kind of, the, I guess, the ref's call. But what I thought was cool was Michael Cole and Nigel McGuinness were really playing it up, like you said, that you kicked out. Did you kind of like that little caveat there where it's almost almost like an open door? It's like, I don't know if you really lost that match. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's you know, if you listen to the crowd, they uh, they gave their opinion on the night. Um, I kicked out. If you look at the footage, I kicked out. So yeah, I you know, as the, uh, the the fan, as most as most fans, I'm sure most fans would uh, would agree. We uh, we need five more minutes. So <laughs> that was great, and that was cool. I, I love that because uh, the crowd obviously, I, you know, I can but said they wanted you to win or at least they wanted five more minutes. Did that at least uh, end up feeling pretty good to you? It felt great to, yeah, it, it felt re- really, really good because at the end of the day, if you know, if it wasn't for the fans' uh, support, then uh, we couldn't do what we do. We wouldn't be able to ply our trade. We wouldn't be able to, you know, pack out a building and do what we love doing as performers. Um, for me, you know, um, I, you know, the fact that I moved... Um, you know, because at one point in time, like I was, you know, if you, you go back to the mid 2000s, like there, there wasn't, there wasn't, you know, uh, Doug Williams had just, you know, he just, I think he, he was, he was in Japan a lot, and then obviously he he just started working for TNA, so he really wasn't in the country. Um, Jody Flash had retired, and Johnny Storm wasn't really doing as much as what he was, uh, as what he was doing when. British wrestling, you know, when it when it was first brought out the ashes in, you know, to, to 1999, 2000, like the three names that really, you know, did a lot to bring British wrestling back was Doug, Johnny and Jody. 
But uh, when I broke in, they weren't around. And, you know, not to to toot my own home, but I was the only one who was good enough to be able to work all the American imports that were being flown in. So, you know, at one point in time, I, I was a man in England. And, you know, moving here and obviously, you know, I've, I got I got signed to the developmental in 2012. You know, I, I often wonder, you know, are they going to, are they going to cheer me, you know, for for what I used to do, or are they, you know, just going to be like, well, you're not about anymore, and there's so so many more guys here now. So to 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 get that reaction um, was, you know, it's 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 magic, and I cannot thank the UK fans enough for it. Now, are you currently signed with the WWE, or no. what's the kind of relationship there? No. No, I'm. I no, I'm. I'm not under contract. I, I, I'm a independent contractor. I'm working. Uh, obviously, I'm working a lot of um, uh, American indies. Um, I've just started. A, uh, I've just started going back for Revolution Pro. I'll be back there the weekend after the UK tournament, and I've got the chance to work Jay White from New Japan, which was, you know, which was a fantastic experience and a really, really good match. Um, so yeah, no, I'm. I'm. I'm not under contract to anyone. Which is, I kind of want to touch on that for just a second, and I'll go back to uh, WWE for a second, but I want to talk about Jay White because we just had him on, and I feel like he is a can't-miss prospect. I love that he's kind of on excursion from New Japan, and he's wrestling all, you know, Rev Pro, he's wrestling ROH. What are your thoughts of working Jay? Oh, he's brilliant. Um, I I didn't really know a lot about him. Um, Obviously, I know he was uh, scouted by uh, Finn Balor, and obviously, Finn is one of the one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Um, so I knew he wasn't going to be that bad. Um, but yeah, he he was absolutely fantastic. You know, real really good, really solid. Um, you know, he's he's being trained by some of the best guys in the world. Um, getting the chance to work in Japan and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, he's a absolutely blinding talent. Love him, think he's great. But if I can go back to you for a second, obviously you were Danny Birch in this tournament, like you mentioned, you were signed at NXT mm-hmm. in 2012. You know, you, you, you kind of made your return in 2015 for a bit. I mean, you've been in NXT, obviously Danny Birch, the name came from WWE, you were in there. But something looked different about you this time. You just, you look like you lost a little bit of weight, but almost, you look like you didn't have any body fat. You just look like you were in great, great shape. And Nigel McGinnis kind of made a point, like saying, <laughs> I think this guy's got 7% body fat. Well, did you get in tremendous shape for the tournament? Um, so, trying to think, I've lost, in total, I've lost 45 pounds. Oh, my God, wow. Uh, yeah, I've I've lost a, uh, an amazing amount of weight. Um and all it's, you know, it, it stems from two reasons. One, I was just, you know, I'm in America and I'm like, okay, well, I need to do something that, you know, I need to, you know, because it, it's been almost as if I've started from scratch again uh, since moving to the States, uh, having, you know, to, you know, fight, scratch and claw my way to get in as much work as I can, which I have no problem doing at all. I'm not, I'm not one to sit here and, Oh well, I've done this and I've done that. You know, why aren't people booking me? Um, so you know, so it, it was one of those things. And then I'm looking about and I'm like, well, realistically, you know, I know I can talk and I know I can work. So what am I missing? And then I did the uh, this. Uh, so it's basically a, a year now as well. Uh, I remember I was uh, extra talent uh, just before WrestleMania, 
and they were like, well, there's, there's not another taping for nine weeks, um, so we'll see you in nine weeks. So I said to myself, well, I've got nine weeks to make a difference. <laughs> so I just threw out all my, the, the type of training I was doing at that point in time and completely, you know, reinvented myself to, okay, I want to be able to step inside that ring and know that I can wrestle for an hour as hard and as fast as possible. And so it involved it involved a lot of sprinting, a lot of distance running, um, a lot of strongman stuff in terms of a lot of farmers carries and, and tire flipping and stuff like that, tons and tons of uh, calisthenics rather than actual weightlifting. And uh, pretty much I just went back to the, the old routine I used to do when I used to box. And, um, yeah, this is this, this the lightest I've been since I've boxed. Uh, I got on the scales... Funny enough, I got on the scales two days ago and I was uh, 186 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So, and just, you know, I feel so, you know, just from a health perspective, I just feel so much better for it. I mean, I've had, I've had two, two uh, knee surgeries on the same knee, so, you know, um, my knees don't hurt anymore. You know, I just I feel great, you know, and, you know, my, my wind inside, inside the ring is, is at an all-time high. Um, so you know, so I'm you know I'm I'm still training very very hard. Um, I'm about to embark on something new now as well because I want to try and you know just change things up and see if I can more of a mental toughness challenge. Like to see if I can really like, grit through stuff. But uh, the, the biggest thing in my head is that I just don't want to go into like a, a potentially high profile match and tank out in the last five minutes just because my cardiovascular system is is shot because I'm I'm not in shape. You know, so it's, it's from a, not even really from a cosmetic standpoint, it's just from the standpoint of uh, being able to go in the ring, you know, so. And you look great, and the thing that's really I appreciate cool that, is thank that, you. Yeah, yeah this I is the first time in my career I've been in trunks, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, you usually have the singlet with pants, right? Or kind of a... Yeah, I mean, I mean, when I first started out, I would... Uh, I, I wore a, I just just wore a singlet and then I you know then I I went to singlet and uh, long tights uh, like Bret Hart and then I ditched the long tights and then um, I kind of wanted to basically because obviously a lot of the guys here in the states wear the same stuff so I basically wanted to wear something that was different so I was trying to go the the route of just looking like a, just looking like a barroom brawler um, but yeah and then unfortunately on top of that I was. 240 pounds, so it managed to cover everything up. So. Hmm. Did you go back and watch the tournament? Because a great compliment, obviously, from Nigel kind of saying that about you. So it kind of, it's great you lose the weight, and it's great that they mention it on the network or on TV. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially because, you know, I've known Nigel quite a long time. Um, you know, so for me to see him there is one of the best things in the world. Um, you know, and obviously Nigel, you know, when he was at his peak, was you know he was untouchable. He was so good. Um, that was one match I always wanted, but unfortunately never uh, never happened. But um, to get that comment from him was you know it was it was magic. Arguably, at one point he was probably the best wrestler in the world. Him and uh, yep. Brian Danielson probably neck and neck. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, I even remember I saw you live a couple of years ago in New York for Evolve for uh, Gabe Sapolsky, and I, you wrestled Diff Busick, and you know, looked in great shape. But then I saw you in the tournament, and I'm like, man, you know, he he just looks um, 
you know, much, much different at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, again, yeah, when I wrestled Biff, I was, I was two, yeah, I was, I was about to two, two forty. Wow, quite, yeah. you know, quite a yeah. difference. But it, it, it's great that uh, you're doing in the tights. It, you know, it adds to the look. I think it, you know, adds to the, of you know, Morton Stone. It kind of, kind of ma- makes it a little bit old school in, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's I, I wanted to change it up and I wanted to look different. Um, not that I wanted to look different than in, in anybody else because obviously everybody wears trunks and stuff like that. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. But I just, you know, just I, I wanted to, you know, so people would actually look at it and go, that is a huge difference, you know, that, you know, wow, he really has changed, um, you know. So I'm glad it's working. <laughs> Definitely. And kind of going back to WWE or NXT, you know, on the network, back when you got signed in 2012, you really debuted more towards 2013. And obviously when you look at the names of some of the guys that you were wrestling at that point, starting to pop up on TV or they've been on TV for a while, and a guy that really sticks out is the debut. You had a debut against Bray Wyatt. And obviously yeah. he's kind of on to be a huge, huge star. What were your thoughts, you know, as you're debuting there and you've seen Bray Wyatt? Did you kind of look at him and think that, man, this guy's going to be, you know, main event in some day? Um, from, the, uh, from the promo classes, uh, I knew Bray was going to be a star. Um, just, you know, and he is he's a star. There's no there's no getting away from it. Um, just Harry carries himself, Harry performs in the ring, Harry talks. You know he's he's a star. He is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I did. You know, we always used to talk and we'd be like, "Well, who can you see main event at WrestleMania?" And I always, and I always used to be, always used to say, "Bray." You know, there's just you know, I mean, he's a he's a just fantastic. There's, you know, he's phenomenal. There's there's not really much else you can say about Bray. You know, he is he is absolutely phenomenal. Now, those promo classes was that run by Dusty Rhodes? Yes. What was that like? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Dusty Rose, obviously one of the all-time greats, one of the all-time great talkers as well. Obviously, Bray is yes. a great talker. Yeah. You learn a lot from Dusty, kind of sitting under the learn so from him? Yeah, I learn, I learn so much. I mean, if you can't learn from, from Dream, then uh, you're a closed book and you might as well just call it a day. Um, I, I, I learn so much from Dream. Um yeah, he's yeah he was he was one of a kind. He's absolutely amazing. And another guy that kind of stands out to me immediately when I look at some of the guys you wrestle in NXT, Cassius Ono, aka Chris Hero, and obviously you wrestled him in Germany and states and other yep. places. But what do you think about Chris Hero, a guy that obviously just got resigned? Uh, Chris is half a pound. This is this is my opinion. Uh, Chris is pound for pound, uh, pound for pound, uh, one of if not the best wrestlers. Um, he changed uh, the way a strike was used in a match. Uh, no one was, you know, there was obviously like, a lot of strikes thrown and everything like that, but no one tells a story with a strike like Chris Hero does, um, and just he can take any wrestler and bring them up to his level, whether they want to or not. Um, he's, you know, he's a amazing mat technician and just 
an absolutely phenomenal storyteller. And I had the privilege to have one of my best matches in the ring with him in Germany. And I learned so much from that match. And I owe Chris a huge thank you for that. Because that match, along with two other matches in my career, helped mould me to, uh, to the performer I've become today. He definitely, I mean, he's been on a roll with, you know, obviously a lot of people may have not seen some of his indie stuff over the past year, but arguably he's had one of the best years of his career, and WWE must have taken notice because he just got signed. So, obviously, hard work pays off, and he, he is doing yeah. a great job, and I'm glad to see he got re-signed because obviously he was signed back then as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, <coughs> I, I, I really can't put into words how good Chris is. He, he, you know, I can say one thing and it just, it just doesn't do him justice, but he is, he is so good. Dinner, I mean, dinner. if there's, uh, if there's, if there's people that, that haven't, that don't really know much of this stuff, uh, if anyone can get a chance to see it, he, uh, he had a, uh, it was one of his last matches in Revolution Pro against Marty Scroll. Um, and then he had two matches against guys from New Japan, and just they're mind blowing. <laughs> they're mind blowingly good. Absolutely, he's he's uh, he's definitely awesome. He's amazing. And think about NXT. You kind of rewind it to that point. Was Triple H kind of around a lot? Was he somebody who was accessible to you guys, or is he kind of you know he's the the boss or whatever? He's got so much going on. He wasn't so much there day-to-day with the guys? Um, he was there, you know, I mean, he, 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 he's there as, as much as he can be. Um, it's not really, you know, probably going to great detail, but, um, I mean, you know, NXT is, is his vision, and it's obviously a very good vision with uh, with the uh, success of, of, of everything. So, um yeah, there's yeah, there's, there's not really much to say really about that. Yeah, he's just a guy who wears many many hats. Obviously, that's his baby NXT, but he wears so many hats, and obviously he's writing for Monday Night Raw or, or he's performing on Raw. So he's probably a guy that was uh, all over the place at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have uh, when, when I was I, I didn't you know I, I didn't have like great hands on stuff with him sort of thing like that. Every time I saw anything like that, but you know, I mean, it, 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 it was in when when I was under contract, it was in its beginning stages. You know, it wasn't anywhere near as big as as, as how it is now. You know, which is just uh, just it is all credit to to, to, to Triple H. You know, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Well, oh, it, it's blowing up, obviously. You know, with takeovers and all of those stuff. And yeah, it's amazing. It's it, 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 blowing it's up. Now, obviously, you know, you get released in 2014 from NXT, which sometimes seems like to the good performers, it almost is uh, is a benefit because you're able to, like you yourself, obviously you molded yourself, you got great shape, and they actually invited you back for the tournament. So sometimes it, it's a good thing. Was there a reason for the release back in 2014? Um, I, I think it was just, you know, I think it was just they didn't have anything for me, you know. it was I, I wasn't doing, I wasn't really doing anything. Um, you know, so it, it wasn't one of those things where I was like mad at the world or bitter or you know pissed off or anything like that. It was just it, it, it just didn't work out. Um, so you know, like to, to no one's fault, there, you know, there was never any 
any situation that you can pinpoint it and go, that's why. Um, you know, I mean, I had, you know, I had a blast. I had an absolute blast there. I was there for two years. Uh, you know, not many people can get to the point when they get hired. You know, there's so many people that have been working 16, 17 years that have never been approached. So, it, you know, it's I was very, very lucky uh, to get to the point when they were like, hey, we want to offer you a position. Um, you know, and just I got to learn from, you know, the likes of Norman Smiley and Robbie Brookside and Joey Mercury and Billy Gunn um, and Steve Kern, you know, when obviously it was in Tampa when it was FCW. Um, you know, so you know, no hard feelings at all. You know, I've, I've met some great, you know, I've, I've gained some great friendships, um, and you know, I just I got, I got a chance to, you know, attack my dream. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. You know, it's not, you know, I didn't, you know, whenever you sign a contract, you always want it to end when you like you you walk off into the uh, the sunset and you've you've made X amount of money and you've you've been at WrestleMania. You know, it didn't it didn't end like that. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. But no, I'm feeling the too, you know. So, but uh, the the chapter is far from over with them kind of inviting you back for the tournament, and it seems like they always kind of had their eye on you because you returned in 2016, working basically. You know, you're not in a contract; they just kind of bring you in. But you work Kevin Owens, which yep. is pretty cool. So you feel like they always have your eye on you, and kind of what are your thoughts on Kevin Owens? Uh. Kevin, I first met Kevin in IPW UK. Uh, oh God, 2004. Uh, obviously, he was, uh, he was known as Kevin Steen, and um, you know, great guy, really nice. Again, another guy who's absolutely phenomenal in the ring. Um, just yeah, I mean, they 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 seem to always, you know, they seem to always call me back. So you know, when I get that call, I'm always going to be there, you know, and you know, all, all I can do is is leave it all in the ring and see what happens, you know. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I, I just don't, you know, so. Definitely. And then Ty Dillinger, who just debuted recently in the uh, Royal Rumble match. Yeah. So I feel, feel like uh, you're in there with a lot of the guys that are kind of going to be moving on up. It, it's, it's like a, it's a good thing, you know. You, they call you back, and not only are you, are you there, you showcase your skills, you're showcasing your skills against guys that they think a lot of. Yeah, it's it, it, you know it's I see I seem to be doing I'm I'm always asked to, uh, to I'm I'm always put in a good in a good spot so I can't you know I'm not not complaining at all you know so because at the end of the day it takes two to tango and it's uh, you know it's a nice bit of exposure because at the end of the day you know if I wasn't you know a lot you know it's funny how since doing the tournament more people have recognised me as Danny Burch and they have Martin Stone, which is hilarious because obviously I've been Mar- I've been Martin Stone since the start of my career. Um, right, right. <laughs> but um, so you know, so no complaints from me at all. You know, I've you know I you know I, I love wrestling. I've I've wanted to be a professional wrestler from when I first saw it, from when I was seven years old. Um, and then obviously I then got really serious when I've uh, when I watched. Uh, I ended up watching uh, Monday Night Raw, and it was the night when the Radical split, and uh, Eddie Guerrero had an amazing match with Chris Benoit, and that was the match that made me go, yeah, okay, this is what I want to do. And, yeah, so, you know, I'm not going to complain at all about the opportunities I've had from WWE. You know, I'm very, very lucky. You know, a lot of people will see it as, 
yeah, but you're not under contract and you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And it's like, well, you, your glass is either half full or it's, you know, it's uh, it's half empty. And I, I view my cup as half full. So. Hey, it's really um, the only way you, you could look at it at this point. And it's great where you've been, kind of where you're going, where you're at now. I think that, uh, you know, the sky's the limit basically for you. When you look back at your NXT run, and then you look at the FCW. Were you shocked of kind of where, in that short amount of time, where the performance center kind of took it, or where WWE developmental went from where it was, you know, a bit smaller with FCW now with NXT and the performance center? It's huge. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's like it's two two different places. Um, but that just shows you how invested they are in uh, breeding new talent but not so much breeding it in terms of okay th- this is this is all we want but they the the way they they view wrestling and know that well there's stars everywhere so how about we bring stars in and make them bigger stars you know and that's only good for growth you know it's it's absolutely fantastic uh, what they're doing um but yeah just you know from when it was the uh, a, a you know, it wasn't a huge building, but it wasn't a small building in Tampa. So then, you know, I was in I was in Tampa for a year, and then it was like, okay, we're moving to Orlando. And then I, I remember walking into the, the, you know, we hadn't seen I hadn't seen we hadn't seen the performance center at all until it was ready. And then I remember walking in there the first day, and I was like, what's, uh, wow, <laughs> what's going on here? It was, uh, yeah, it was it was it was a huge shock, but like a good shock, and it was like, well, okay, let's go to work, you know. So. It's amazing. It looks like a uh, multi-million-dollar facility, almost in the vein of those football facilities for for the NFL or for those big-time college football programs. Yeah, I mean, it's you know that, that place is, is absolutely fantastic. You know, the from the you know from the amount of rings there is, from you know from like the Australia, it's just you know it's an amazing place. And you know, we talked about a lot of great guys who worked in WWE, but I got to think back to your time in the UK and all these amazing wrestlers you wrestled. And we kind of touched on them for a little bit, but that was Doug Williams. And like you said, he was one of those guys that was great. Ring of Honor recognized him. So a lot of, you know, quote unquote, smarter fans in the U.S. knew who he was. Or when he was in TNA, people recognized him. But what are your thoughts on Doug Williams, the guy you teamed with and also feuded with? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I remember uh, when I was training, uh, Doug came down for a training seminar one uh, one weekend, and you know, just uh, you know, everyone in England knows who Doug is and knows what he can do. Um, and then, you know, obviously, I got, I got the chance to uh, for I'm trying to think. Again, I was just I, I got my my big break in England came uh, in I think it was two thousand four. It could be 2003. It could be a year out. Uh, I got the chance. I, I got like, I got a random uh, telephone call. And it was like, hey, uh, how would you feel working tomorrow, Doug? And at this point in time, uh, Joe was on his. Started, uh, I'm trying to think. I think he was. He was. He was. I think he was already ring of honor world champion. Or it was in between that that point in time. But it was when he was on his huge undefeated one. And. Um, you know, I ended up taking Joe to the time limit draw, 
and it'd never been done before, so it was it was huge. But that that was the match that broke me out in England when everyone was like, "Who's this?" So then after that, uh, I think it's about I think it's the end of that year. I ended it was the first time I'd worked with Doug, and I remember him saying to me afterwards, counting afterwards, and he was like, "You know all this hype, all, all this hype when everyone says like you're like, oh, this is the next guy. You know, he's, he's that good." And he was like, "Yeah, you are. Well done." Which was huge for me, you know, because Doug is a, you know, one of the one of the the best ambassadors for British wrestling. But then, um, yeah, I then got I then got the the chance to team with him for a year in Germany, and you know, we had some really good matches, we had some fun times, and it was always good to to sort of sit back and listen to the way, to, to, you know, to the type of stuff he would throw out there in a match in terms of put, you know, and stuff like that. And it was a, a great, great learning uh, uh, time period as well. Um, and then yeah, I think I've only I think I've wrestled Doug what I've only wrestled him about four or five times. Um, but you know they were always good matches. They were always real solid. Um, you know, and it's it's always a good day to step in the ring with Doug. The funny thing about the tournament, going back to the UK tournament just for a second, is some of the complaints. Basically, the only complaint really was that like. Oh, you know, you didn't have Zack Sabre Jr. in the match, or Smarty Scarl was in the match. Obviously, they can't be because they're in contract with somebody else. But you mm-hmm. had the privilege of obviously wrestling those guys a bunch of times, and more specifically, Zack Sabre Jr., who's arguably, you know, the greatest uh, British technician, quote unquote, right now. But what do you think about a guy like Zack Sabre Jr., a guy who you wrestled, you know, all over the place? Uh, I first met Zack. Um on a, uh, I think it was a student show, and I ended up, no, sorry, scrap that. I first met uh, first met Zach when IPW UK branched out of its, its home base in Kent, and it branched out, um, oh, God, it was, it was up, it, it, was, it, it was up north somewhere, and um, that was the first time I met Zach, and uh, I liked him instantly, you know, because he's, you know, Zach is Zach, he's, you know, he's funny, uh, he's, he's, He's really, really, uh, really, really smart. Um, just you know, a real, real good guy. And um, you know, we were uh, talking about wrestling and stuff like that. And then that night, I said, you know, one of the things that I really want to do is uh, I, I want to go to Japan. And uh, and the fast forward on to when I was in developmental. I mean, I, I always, I never kept tabs on the British wrestling scene. I just always wanted to see what my mates were up to. You know, and then obviously I started seeing that it was popping up that Zach was in Noah and he was doing tours in Noah and he, you know, he, he wrestled Kenter on um, uh, the, the second Noah show and stuff like that. And uh, things were taking off for him and I was really, really happy because, you know, from that initial conversation we had, one of the things he said he wanted to do was go to Japan and I was like, oh, you know, you've done it. Well done. Nice one. And uh, I got the chance to step in the ring with Zach uh, last year for a- AWE in Atlanta. And um, it was really emotional because I ended up breaking down at the end of the match. But uh, to have the type of match that I had with Zach, because uh, going into that match, I was more concerned about can I hang with Zach Sabre Jr.? Can I live up to the expectation that everyone in the crowd is gonna is gonna want from this match? You know, because Zach is so good. And I did doubt myself going into that match if I could do it or not. And it ended up being an, it ended up being a like, fantastic match. And you know, just it was a very very emotional night for me because you know I actually proved that 
you know, a lot of people don't haven't picked up on me here in the States. Maybe it's because I won't pay my own flight. I don't know. Um, but there's there's a few places out there that I've reached out to that uh, that haven't said, yeah, you know, okay, let's let's, let's have a look at you or anything like that. So to to have that type of match with Zach and for the and for him to say, you know, there's, there's footage out there. Um, oh, I won't go into detail, but there's, there's footage out there of the match, and you can obviously listen to what was said afterwards. But to have the uh, him say what he said was 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 that was so nice and um that's 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 one of those matches that I won't forget. Uh, you know. But um yeah, well, you know, long story short, Zach is absolutely phenomenal. Um his stuff in Evolve is, is really, really good. Um his stuff in Rev Pro in England is well pretty much as soon as Zach Zach steps in a ring you you know you're gonna get magic, you know. So Absolutely. Uh, he's awesome and it's kind of one of those guys that uh, WWE definitely wanted to get, obviously, the Cruiserweight Classic. They definitely wanted to sign him, but obviously, you know, he, had, he had some other ideas. I guess he's got some uh, some goals to accomplish. He's definitely one of the... Yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I spoke to Zach on the... because uh, I had, a, um, I had a, a, a dark match at the Cruiserweight Finals, um, but, I, you know, I never spoke to Zach about what he was doing with his, you know, but, or anything like that, so I have no idea. Definitely one of the best, you know, unsigned guys as far as uh, the UK guys. No doubt, actually, he's one of the best unsigned guys. Period. He's just uh, he's awesome. And then you got the villain Marty Scurll, who's in ROH and obviously signed with them for an extended period of time. What do you think about the villain? A guy you've wrestled a few, quite a few times. Oh man, Marty is Marty's blinding. Um, yeah, oh, God. Uh, well, I mean, I, I've been training. I've been training about eight, nine months. And then Marty started training at the same place I did. Um, You know, went two very different paths that ended up meeting again. Um, You know, but I mean, you know, how he's he's, he's trans... I mean, you know, I remember when he first came in and obviously he went through the transition phase when he was trying to find his feet. And then he found his feet a little bit when he was teaming with Zach and then obviously completely transformed himself. So, you know, the... uh, The main thing, if there's any advice I could give to any aspiring wrestlers is that you should always be looking to improve and always uh, look to evolve. Uh, never think that one way is, is the right way, you know, because at the end of the day, wrestling is subjective. It's an opinion. Um, but there's there's always a chance to improve. There's always a chance to change something. There's always the chance to get better. Um, you know, and, that, and if you look at the top guys in any company, that's exactly what happens. You know, they, they transform themselves. They change themselves. Um, be it, their in-ring style, be it uh, their characters, be it just they change anything, um, you know. So that, that's and that's the name of the game, and that's exactly what Marty did. Another guy, obviously he's in WWE now, is Pac, aka Neville, who you've had some yeah. run-ins with. Another great kind of a UK talent, if you will. What, you know, what are your thoughts on Neville? I oh, well, I mean he's. In a nice way, he's a complete freak of nature. You know, like the stuff he can do in the ring is is amazing. Um, he, you know, he's just I've never seen so. You know, like his, his his gimmick of the man that gravity forgot literally isn't a gimmick. Uh, he, you know, I've never seen someone that can that can do that type of stuff in the ring. Um, but just you know, now he's uh, this is again my opinion. Like he's really found his stride now with 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 what he's doing right now. Just you know, he's got the the buzzsaw cruiserweight. You know, just he's, you know, I mean, he, he had a, an amazing match last night. 
at the Rumble against Rich Swan. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's incredible. I mean, you know, I've known, I first met I first met Neville again it was what mid mid two thousand so about two two thousand six two thousand seven was the first time I met Neville. Um, you know, and I've, I've stepped in the ring ring with him a few times. Uh, one of my favourite matches I had with him was uh, there was a promotion in England called RQW and they did a, a one night tournament uh, to crown the first champion and it was me and Neville in the finals. And uh, yeah, he's you know he's he, again he's evolved constantly evolving. You know, he's so good. And speaking of that promotion and kind of touching on pro pro wrestling Noah back a little bit, he wrestled Go Shizaki. I know maybe a lot of fans might not be familiar with him. If you're not, you probably should. Great guy, awesome wrestler from pro wrestling Noah. What are your thoughts and recollections of wrestling him? Uh, not wanting to ever, ever, ever get chopped again by him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was the, God, yeah, you, you, you really are, you really have done your own work, haven't you? That was the, uh, King of Europe Cup. <laughs> yes, yeah, slimy. Um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, again, okay, I mean, you know, I'm, it's really strange because I, you know, I've wrestled a lot of Japanese wrestlers. You know, I mean, I've, I, had the, I had the pleasure of being in the ring with a great mover. Um, but I've never actually been to Japan. That's one thing that I, I really do want to do. Um, but yeah, I, I remember uh, it, was, <laughs> it was like a scene at a kickboxer. I'll never forget this. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the old bandan kickboxer movie. Oh when, yeah. Uh, Pong, Pong Po's kicking the. Uh, the, the concrete step and like the, the plaster from the ceiling's falling down. I remember at one point walking past and I can hear this like big solemn <laughs> walk past and goes chopping the wall and the same thing like bits of the ceiling are falling down. And I was like, oh, wonderful! Well, we know what's coming tonight. If you actually watch that back, it's actually really funny because I take the uh, I take the first chop and my chest <laughs> welts up and goes black instantly, and you literally just see me drop down and roll out. <laughs> Gotta check that out. That's great. Goshizaki, awesome, underrated guy too. And it's funny, he all those great Japanese guys. He kind of goes under the radar somehow. Obviously not with you, since he chopped the ever-loving you know, hell out of you. Yeah. Now he had. Uh, I, th- I don't know if it was. I think it was last year. But he had. Um, he had a really, really good match with uh, Minoru Suzuki, which I really, really enjoyed. I mean, and Suzuki is just an exceptional character. And talent and wrestler anyway, you know. Obviously, he was the uh, the co-founder of um, Pancras, but uh, for him, but for him to uh, you know to, to have that match, they did absolutely phenomenal. Minoru is amazing. It looks like he might win the IWGP title from Okada pretty soon too. May well be, yeah. <laughs> now. Looking through your career, you do make a pit stop in TNA. Was there ever a point in time, obviously, with the British boot camp and TNA kind of years ago trying to do a little resurgence in the UK, was there ever any thoughts of, of signing with TNA or getting a contract with TNA Wrestling? No, I mean, it, the, the only appearances I made for TNA was, was the, the boot camp and uh, gut check. It was never something I sought after. It was just it was just there, you know. Um, I still think that, obviously, I was used the boot camp because... The fact I was I was just sort of released, so I still think it was one of those things where it was to their it was more for their benefit than mine. But you know, it was a fun experience. So now, as I start to wind it down a bit here, you mentioned before there was a few matches in your career that really molded you, and you mentioned that match against Chris Hero. 
what were the other matches you were saying that kind of molded you as the wrestler you are today? Yeah, so the uh, the first one was the uh, the the obvious match with uh, Samoa Joe because that obviously got me on the radar, um, and you know to be able to step in the ring with someone of of, of his profile was 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 so good. Uh, there was the first match with Doug, which was um, which was you know again I didn't really work that much of that style, so getting to uh, Getting to work that that type of match was 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 obviously really fun. Uh, there's there's one that always goes under the radar, which no one really remembers, and that was the match I had with Kid Cash. Uh, never have I ever seen someone get so much heat and so much crowd reaction to the point where people were lunging at him in the crowd. It was it was a sight to be seen, and I remember sitting there. Uh, we were in the back, and he went, well. All we're going to do is this, he said, but apart from that, just listen to me. And I was like, yes, sir, no problem. Uh, Dave literally took my hand and carried me all the way through the match. And that, that was, uh, again, that was that, that, that was a huge part of my learning experience. And then, obviously, the, uh, the match with Chris in Germany, those, those are the ones that really defined my career up to that point. And then, obviously, most recently, it was uh, me and Zach in Atlanta. Great stuff. And thinking back to your career, you know, we mentioned those awesome matches and so many great wrestlers that you wrestled. Do you have a favorite opponent or maybe a couple of favorite opponents that kind of stick out more than the others, maybe better chemistry than some of the others? Oh, um, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I instantly clicked with Hero. And that's I know that we could all you know we could step in any ring anywhere, and we could put on a real good match. I clicked with him. Uh, same with Zach as well. Um, some of my favourite matches have been with, uh, the guy a uh, guy from England, Charles Samuels. We've we've got some really really good chemistry, and we've always had good matches. Um, I'm trying to think, there's uh, I've had I've had a cover. I'm trying to think. I had a really really good match with Marty, but that was. Like the obviously since Marty had, had completely transformed, um, so that's something I would like to touch on again because I think I know that now with how far he's come and obviously where I've come, I know that we could we could put on some magic. Um, but yeah, there's there's not. I, I tend to approach it. I don't really try and have a favourite match. I always try and and make sure that my last performance I'd somehow beat it or some something's better about it. So I don't really tend to try and look at it as okay. Well, what's the the one good match that I've had? Always try and look at it as okay. Well, I need to, you know, as a performer, I, I want to try and you know maybe if I do this differently, it will come off better. Maybe if I do that, it will be better. Um, so I'm, I'm always constantly trying to get better. So, um, but like the again, it's it's one of those things is that I always try and have fun no matter what show I'm on, no matter what I'm doing. I always try and have fun because the end of the day, if you don't have fun, then what you're doing it for, you know. So it's uh, it's, it's it's a constant. It should always be constantly learning while having fun. That's that's how I I, I try and what I try and do with wrestling, you know. Absolutely, and we mentioned before Great Motive for a little bit. We mentioned Fifth Family, Samoa Joe, Zack Saber Jr., uh, Marty Scurll. Is there a dream match? that you wanted to have, let's just say, you know, you never wrestled this guy, but always kind of had aspirations of wanting to wrestle. Is there somebody out there you could picture a dream match with? 
if it would ever happen, it probably, I mean, you know, it may, it may not happen. Well, I'd be very surprised if it would happen now. Uh, that would be Kurt Angle. Um, I, the show when I wrestled Pete Dunne, Kurt was there and he watched the match and he was like, that was really good. And, then, you know, that, that kind of took, you know, took, took, took me back a bit and I was like, oh, wow. Um, I think for me, the, the ultimate dream match would be William Regal. Um, mm. uh, just because obviously, you know, he's, you know, he's so good. Um, but I think like, on the on the scene now, um, I've never wrestled. I've always, you know, I've, I love uh, how Dave Davy Richards is inside the ring. You know, I've never had the chance to work Davy, and I'd love to work Davy. Um, I really like JT Dunn as well. He's really good, so I'd love, love the chance to work JT Dunn. Um, I'm trying to think. There's uh, even Will Ospreay, you know, Will is mm, is an amazing talent, well. you know, and I've never had the chance to to step in the ring with him, but you know, I, I would love that match, you know. So there's there's there's, there's quite a few people out there that I'd, I'd love to step in the ring with. So I can't really name one one big dream match or anything, you know. So well, the UK wrestling scene is definitely bright, and with you, Will Ospreay, and Pete Dunne, and Saber and Scarl, I mean, there's so many good guys out there. But where do you, you know, where do you kind of see yourself in five years? Is there some goals or some aspirations? Is there a place you want to be in five years' time? No, for me, I, I just want to be able, be able to keep doing what I'm doing and just keep, just keep enjoying it, you know, because I love this job, you know, and I wouldn't be in it if I didn't, because you know the the, the long nights away from home, the, the amount of time you spend away from your family, the fact that you could, you know, you potentially miss important dates and stuff like that so you know just i just want to be able to keep doing what i'm doing and, and just and just and keep and just keep the passion alive now is that be a goal of yours or if it is it one of those things where, well if i get there i get there it's not really like of course it is you know if, 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 if you're not in this job to be there then you shouldn't really be in this job you know because it is you know you, you can go and apply your trade elsewhere but it is the only place to work and it's the only place to be. So, you know, I would have loved the chance to uh, to be back there, you know. So, but who knows? Now, one kind of final thing for me here is where can the fans of the two-man power trip, where can they reach out and touch you? Where can they find Danny Birch, a.k.a. Martin Stone, if they want to? Yeah, I'm on my Twitter handle is at the governor M Stone. Uh, I'm on Instagram. As uh, the Governor Martin's done, um, so yeah, I mean that's those, those are the best places to, uh, to to find out what I'm doing. Um, I'm on progressintees.com forward slash Martin Stone. Um, yeah, I mean I'm not, you know, I haven't got that that many uh, social media aspects or anything like that. I don't, you know, I should do really, but I don't upload matches or anything like that. But um, you know, just uh, from a from a wrestler standpoint, you know, I, I want to thank the fans. Um, you know, so you know, just supporting me, especially in, in England, for supporting me all these years, and obviously to the, the the new fans that I'm slowly starting to build here in the states. You know, thank you for your support. You know, when you turn up at a show and you you, you buy a t-shirt or you you buy a, an eight by ten or anything like that, it really is appreciated. Well, thank you so much for coming along with me, and I really appreciate it. And I have a feeling. That all the fans out there haven't seen the last of you in the WWE or the last of you on the network. I feel like big and bright things are coming out of you know you in the future as far as perhaps the network and perhaps more so 
with this UK championship. Well, I really appreciate that, my man. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, stay, you know, in that great shape that you got yourself in. Oh, will do, Mike, definitely. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.